Hey guys, it's Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated, and this week we have another slate of games to look forward to. We got NFL postseason, baby, and luckily for us, DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has you covered with plenty of different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States. They're not offshore, so you know that your funds are going to be safe and secure. And there's plenty of different ways to boost your odds with different promotions on your favorite sports every day. So whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL is right around the corner. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, and you don't even have to leave your house to do it. And for those of you that don't have sports betting legalized yet in your state, just head on over to DraftKings and check out all of the great daily fantasy contests, especially here on Wild Card Weekend. They got the Saturday slate, they got the Sunday slate. If you want to play both, you can do that as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users will get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. What's going on, people? This is the SI Fantasy Podcast presented by DraftKings. Ben Heisler filling in for the fantasy exec today, but the man that you always know right here on this very podcast he is SI's senior fantasy insider, Michael Fabiano. What's up, Fabs? Happy Super Wild Card Weekend. Normally you get Wild Card Weekend. We've right. added the Super. It's like the, it's like when Mario Brothers added the <laughs> Super Mario, and now you just feel like it's a little bit more intense, a little bit more fun. Or like Super Pac-Man, right? Exactly. It's not just the regular Pac-Man. It's the big, the big Pac-Man that comes out and eats all the ghosts. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Two triple headers. And uh, the first time that we've had this format ever in the National Football League. So more teams, more fun, and uh, a chance for more ways to win in fantasy and, uh, of course, on DK. No doubt. Is this a a bit of a a mindset change for you going from 17, or I I shouldn't say 17, maybe 16 grueling weeks uh, of a season-long component to just saying, all right, let's let's fully dive in on the daily scale and and just just load up on, on the carbs of the entire day that is football? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's a uh, more of a more of an emphasis on, on daily, but there's also so many different postseason leagues and formats. And by the way, folks, beatfabs.com. Go to that URL. You can enter your email address, sign up, sign in, and we've got a competition there at Sports Illustrated Fantasy. If you beat me. 
And I'm sure there are going to be plenty of you out there who are going to uh, accomplish just that. Nonsense. Uh, you'll win some very cool prizes um, from SI. You'll get a guest spot and an interview on Fantasy Dirt on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. So make sure you go and check that out. Now that that game, uh, and I know you're familiar with it, Ben, you can only pick one player per team. Correct. So you've got to start two quarterbacks, two running backs. I believe it's three wide receivers, four flexes, a kicker and a defense. And so if you play Patrick Mahomes, you can't play Tyreek. You can't play Kelsey. If you play Russell Wilson, you can't play Chris Carson or DK. You get the point. I set my lineup last night. Super, super challenging. There's a bit of a strategy to it. And whether or not my strategy will work out, we'll see. But make sure you check out uh, BeatFabs.com and uh, come join the fun. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And also, there's some incredible grand prize winners, like you mentioned, opportunity uh, to hop on on, uh, on SiriusXM on that show with you guys as well. Uh, And then everywhere from second to 25th place, uh, there are options and opportunities for subscriptions to SI Fantasy Pro, where there's been incredible DFS advice all year. And also, the the SI uh, Vegas Whispers information, for, uh, 68 47 Unreal. and one against Unreal. the spread in the NFL. Like, that just doesn't happen. It's currently on an 11 3 against the spread run. That's 79% on college football plays. The, the sharp Frankie information. Frankie T, man. Frankie better send him a Christmas card next year. You're not kidding. He's hitting. You are yeah. not kidding. He's been unreal. Casey's information over at Casey's SI Pro, awesome. yep. 71-72%. And even uh, some of our NBA players from, from myself and Corey and a couple of the other people in the SI Discord chat uh, have been hitting as well. So what will take this little run heading into the start? Because 2020 uh, had some issues, 2021 off to a very good start. So make sure you guys head, head out uh, over that way. Uh, beatfabs.com, get in on that contest, and also plenty of DK contests as well. All right, so we have a a pretty fascinating matchup to kick things off uh, when it comes to Super Wild Card Weekend. You have the Indianapolis Colts kind of limping into the postseason. Remember, they were on the outside looking in, if not for that Miami loss to Buffalo. Uh, The Colts do not get into the postseason, but here they are. Uh, right now listed at seven point fa- or seven point underdogs going to Buffalo with a total hovering around 51 and a half down to 51. If you're trying to figure this out from the standpoint of, of which quarterback do I need to look at first on this slate, it's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people really realize this, Fabs, but the number one scoring quarterback in the NFL this year, yep. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, and. Hell, I'm going to buy a Josh Allen jersey because Josh and Stephon Diggs both uh, saved me from losses in Fantasy Championship Week, had two big comeback uh, victories based on their just unbelievable performance against the New England Patriots. So the w- one of the big question marks is, do you go with Mahomes? If you're playing in one of these leagues where every week you lose players based on the teams that win or lose, et cetera, or do you go with Josh Allen? And there's a lot of people out there that think the Bills are the favorites in the AFC, even though they are the two seed. Uh, Kansas City is going to be tough to beat, but they don't have that home field advantage. They might be playing at Arrowhead. There ain't going to be fans enough in there to make the 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 noise and make it one of the toughest venues in the NFL uh, for a visiting team. So you've got to factor that in. And the matchup and and the Colts defense has been good. Like I'm I'm, I'm not going to come out here and say the Colts are going to get boat raced. I'm not going to come out and say that. I think this is going to be a more competitive game. The Colts defense uh, with DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, I mean, they're going to be tough to run on. Yeah, they got some Buffalo dudes. doesn't have much of a run game anyways. But they, 
their defense is pretty good. Do you have any issues, though, about what we've seen out of their secondary the last several weeks? Because that's when they've started to get boat race. First half of the year, right. yeah. top top three DVOA defense. And they were shutting down some some fairly decent teams. But but when Jacksonville puts up a decent amount of points on them, obviously that late comeback against Pittsburgh that could have helped right. solidify and lock up a playoff spot for them, uh, gave up a bunch to Houston, uh, to the Raiders, Tennessee, Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up 45 points to, to the Titans back in week 12. So there's some concerns for the Colts defense. Can they figure it out against Buffalo? I don't think that they're going to be able to stop Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and, and that combo. I'm not sure if Cole Beasley will go this week. If he doesn't, obviously that's a, that's a significant loss for Buffalo, but they were able to do quite well without him last week um, when, you know, Isaiah McKenzie goes off and has multiple touchdowns and John Brown has a touchdown. So, They've got a little bit of depth there at wide receiver. Ultimately, it's the Bills passing game that's going to likely send the Colts home after one week. Correct. And Stefan Diggs right now, your number one top-priced wide receiver on DraftKings. He comes in at $7,700. That's a $600 price difference between him and A.J. Brown, who comes in and we'll discuss in a little bit. And you mentioned that passing game as well. Uh, certainly, Josh Allen, if you're going to play him, you're going to want to stack him with Stefan Diggs. Maybe if you're looking for a, a bit of a leverage play, uh, depending if Cole Beasley is able to go. Same thing with John Brown. That might help get you off of that ownership plays uh, when it comes to this particular matchup. Uh, anybody on the indie side that you like? Obviously, Jonathan Taylor stole the show in Week 17, but as we mentioned, it's awfully difficult to, to run. Oh, well, I, I shouldn't say no. It's difficult to run against Indy, uh, but for the Colts, I mean, Taylor right now is just so much a dynamic part of their offense. It's tough to keep him out of lineups. I'll tell you in my Beat Fabs League, think about it. What other Colt are you going to play? I mean, you're not playing Rivers, not playing T.Y., right? Um, any of the tight ends? No. Michael Pittman? No. Jonathan Taylor is that offense. And, and we know that Buffalo is going to be looking to stop the rookie, but he's been well, unstoppable over the last month or so of the season. And, you know, Buffalo, they've given it up to running backs. They gave up the 13th most fantasy points to the position uh, this year. They gave up 16 total touchdowns. Uh, So that defense can be run on, and the Colts are going to have to run the football successfully to keep that Buffalo offense off the field. So in terms of having any confidence in any Colts, it probably boils down to Jonathan Taylor and maybe T.Y., but I'm not I'm not sold that T.Y. is going to have a big game, especially with Tredavious White uh, on him for most of the afternoon. I, I think Taylor's the play as well. He comes at 7900 bucks on DraftKings. He's the third highest-priced running back on the slate behind Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. Henry going up against Baltimore. Uh, Kamara going up against the Bears. I, I think if you're looking for a little bit of leverage here as well, assuming that you think the Colts are going to have to pass a lot to keep up, maybe that puts somebody like Naheem Hines in play. He's only $4,700. Sure. In, mm-hmm. in, in game script games, Fabs, where they're having to throw a lot, it's a good opportunity for Rivers to get the ball out quick. It, it may be somebody like Hines sees anywhere from, from 6 to 10 targets in this game. So that's a fascinating no, no one. Plenty no, no. of opportunity to get to one game that's maybe a little bit more intriguing just from a viewing standpoint not necessarily from a fantasy standpoint is you have the rams going up against seattle total in this this game 42 and a half uh right now you have the seahawks as three and a half point favorites against the rams listen john walford did what he needed to do to get the rams into the postseason he 
did not turn the ball over. They used plenty in the running game, found Robert Woods a handful of times. And then conversely, uh, Seattle wasn't doing much until the fourth quarter when Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett starting to come alive. And I didn't realize this too about Tyler Lockett, but he led the Seahawks in receptions, led them in targets, but everybody always talks about DK Metcalf. Sometimes, Fabs, that Tyler Lockett blowout game is just going to come and sneak up on you. I don't think it happens in this matchup, even though he won't have Jalen Ramsey on him like the way he will with DK Metcalf. Yeah, it hasn't mattered, though, because he struggled against the Rams. Uh, and I know he had that big blow-up game last week against the Niners, had 33 points. He was the most unreliable wide receiver in fantasy football. It was legitimately all or nothing with Tyler Lockett for a lot of the season. Uh, but in the previous five games, he had 12.3 or fewer points. Uh, that included a 7.4-point performance against the Rams. Uh, their defense has given up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Not surprising. Uh, slot receivers have averaged just 11.5 points per game. I, I don't have confidence in Lockett or DK this week. The Rams' strength is that defense. And I'm not sure if Jared Goff's going to play this week. But to be quite honest with you, I don't have much faith in their pass catchers if Wolford's under center. Last week, Robert Woods was held to fewer than eight points. And Cooper Cup will be back from COVID this week. It's a it's a tough game to find one player where you can point to him and say, yeah, that guy's going to put up a big number. And that includes Russell Wilson, and it includes Chris Carson. I will say this, too, about the Seattle defense. This second-half turnaround, because I, I hadn't Way been buying better. on that. Way better. Way better. Do you have concerns, though, that especially um, you know heading down the stretch – because uh, they gave up some points late to, to San Francisco and a team that really had nothing to play for. Uh, but especially, like, think back after that Arizona game. 17 points to the Eagles, 17 to the Giants, three to the or yeah, three to the three to the Jets, uh, 15 against Washington, nine to the Rams, and then 23 to the 49ers. Like, all of a sudden, and, and again, the health, I think, of Jamal Adams in this game is going to be paramount because if he's there, that that is a difference maker in their secondary, and it kind of helps everybody else on that defense click. Remember in the first half of the season, Seattle was legitimately giving up historic numbers to wide receivers. They were giving up 60 a game. You targeted them every week. It was unbelievable. Since week nine, Ben, ninth fewest points allowed to wide receivers. They gave up almost half of the number of points in the second half of the season as they did in the first half of the season. It was an unbelievable transformation. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Jamal Adams uh, is the, you know, he is the centerpiece of that defense. And and as Jamal Adams go, Seattle's defense is going to go. But from a fantasy perspective, even, even a guy like Chris Carson, right? Chris Carson over the last three games of the regular season was not all that great. I mean, Seattle only given up 11 touchdowns all year long, right? I mean, or excuse me, uh, the Rams have only given up 11 touchdowns all, all season long to running backs. This is this is not a great matchup. And Russell Wilson, the Rams are kind of his bugaboo, right? Like he's had some big games against the Rams in his career, but he's often also had some really bad games, really bad statistical performances. So, so for me, the most attractive play in this game might be Russell, but I don't have a lot of confidence in. What about you? Is there one player in this game, Ben, where you're looking at him and saying, I think I can get a good stat line from him? I, I think if I'm playing in tournaments, I, I'm considering Lockett. Um, 
Although I don't love the fact that he's more expensive than DK Metcalf, but I don't want to target anybody that's going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey this year. He's been that good. He's been arguably he's been like Dion, man, like Dion is incredible, dude. Yeah. It doesn't he, matter who it is. He's going to take him and he's going to shut him. It doesn't down. matter who it is. That's right. So I, I don't know if there's anybody that I feel extremely confident in. I can tell you that from an ownership perspective, uh, both Rams and Seahawks players are going to be very low owned and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, Defense-wise, I think those are probably two of the best values on the slate at DraftKings. You have Seattle coming in at 2700 The Rams are actually a couple hundred dollars more at 2900 uh, I could make a case uh, for the next game that there's a defense on the board that might be an even better value, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think those are going to be the two most popular defenses when it comes to the slate. Low total game, not yep. a lot of scoring. They're, they're going to muck it up, Fabs. And so I think Absolutely. when you can get some two two defenses there uh, under 3K, I, I think that's going to be a solid play. So not necessarily the most exciting from a DFS perspective. There might be a one-off play here or there. But uh, again, I, I think our focus is likely going to be on that first game. And then maybe in game number three, where you have Tampa Bay, uh, better team, don't have a, a losing record, but yet they will be playing a road game because of the pitiful NFC East, the Washington football team closing up on Sunday night football against the Eagles who punted on the season to get the better draft pick. Right now, Tampa Bay, eight and a half point favorites on the road, but the total in this game, Fab's dropping from 46 and a half down to 45. And that's in large part due to a Washington team that has a lot of good stories this year. Ron Rivera, incredible story, amazing perseverance. Alex Smith, I think you can even take that and amplify that as well. These are remarkable stories in the NFL this year. But the thing is, Washington's 5-1 and one in games that Alex Smith has started, but it's not necessarily because of Alex Smith. It's because the defense is getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback uh, and because they still know how to run the ball. Right, and I mean, Washington's offense is averaging the fewest points per game and the fewest yards per game of any playoff team. And you could argue that they don't belong there because, like you said, the NFC East is, is just pitiful. On the on the fantasy side of things, I know that their defense has been very good uh, at home. Very good. But I still like Tom Brady this week. And you know what? Maybe that's not the uh, popular opinion. But he's on fire right now. 23-plus fantasy points in three straight games. And... Washington has given it up to some good quarterbacks. They gave up 32 to Kyler. They gave up 25 to Lamar. I mean, they gave up nearly 25 to Jared Goff. So it's not like this defense is completely impenetrable. And if the offense can't keep Tampa Bay's uh, off the field, if that Washington offense is three and out, they're not gaining any yards. They could be going back and forth between Alex Smith and Taylor. Hit them with the Heineke. Well, (laughs) all of a sudden, that defense could be in some trouble. They could be laboring in the second half. They need to put pressure on Tom Brady. He's 43. He's not very mobile. They need to put pressure on him. If they can pressure Brady, then they've got a shot to keep the game maybe a little bit closer than a lot of folks think it will be. If they let Brady sit in that pocket and pick them apart, they're in a lot of trouble. And Brady is playing at a very high level. We've heard reports that Mike Evans is looking like he's on the right side of getting to Uh, go in this one. And that would be huge because when he injured his knee, it didn't look all that good. So it it seems like the Buccaneers may have potentially dodged uh, a bullet there. So, and and another thing we have to remember too, Antonio Brown, the last couple of weeks has been a monster. Like he's been back to like the AB that we remember from Pittsburgh. 
just unbelievable. I had a huge game last week. Antonio Brown, maybe it took a few weeks for him to, you know, get his sea legs back, I guess you could say. But he has been on fire. He's got a great rapport with Tom Brady. I believe they live together. Tom Brady and Antonio Brown live in a house owned by Derek Jeter. How about that? That's <laughs> 14 targets for Antonio Brown in week 17, Huge. 11 Huge. receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. The dude has four touchdowns in his last three games, uh, season high in both receptions and targets for AB. And especially if you don't have Evans, that likely means more targets his way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very strong argument um, for uh, a correlation stack with, with Tom Brady Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin in this matchup, and, and then uh, somebody like J.D. McKissick to run it back with on the Washington side, knowing that he's likely to see anywhere between seven and ten targets as well. Let, let me give you a, a stat that I saw, and I, and I wish I could give whoever came up with it credit, because I, I saw this on, on the tweet machine, and I don't remember who it was, so apologize in advance. Uh, Tom Brady, in early start games, 6-0, and 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. Tom Brady in afternoon games, 3-2, and two, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, quarterback rating of 105. Tom Brady at night, the the 43-year-old quarterback, Fabs, apparently Mm. likes to go to bed at 8.30 p.m. East Coast time. (laughs) Tom Brady in late-night primetime games in 2020, 1-3, completion percentage of 60%, five touchdowns, five interceptions, quarterback rating of 73.9. It's the playoffs, but do we put any stock in the fact that Tom Brady has put up some real stinkers in 2020 in primetime games. Well, you know me, I love crazy stats. So that's pretty interesting to me. I don't know that I'm going to put any stock into it at this point, (laughs) Uh, but it it is, it is an interesting stat. It's almost like, I remember I threw this out there a few weeks ago. Aaron Rodgers is historically bad in week 16, uh, excuse me, week 15. Bad. He's averaging like fewer than 17 points a game. It's killed it's a lot unreal. of fantasy playoffs it, for a lot of people over the years. It's dumb. It's a stupid. It's a stupid stat. It's a stupid trend, but it's it's interesting. Well, let's just hope you know that Giselle doesn't keep him up late, and he gets his rest. I mean, Tampa Bay has the best draw in the NFC outside of having a bye. They're playing the Washington Football Team with seven wins. So, uh, it, imagine if he does come out there and have a primetime stinker. Then we can come back on the podcast next week and say, "Woo, we found something there. Right. I, I would expect Brady to to put up a pretty good stat line. I, I would as well. Although if you're buying into the narrative that he struggles, Washington's defense, the best priced defense, not named Tennessee. And I, I don't want anything to do with the Titans defense, even at $2,200 nope. against Lamar Jackson. I know they slowed him down and made him struggle last year in the postseason. It's a very different Tennessee defense in 2020, 2021 compared to what we saw last year. But Washington, 2,400. If you think they're going to put pressure on Brady, he's thrown a few pick sixes over the course of this year. Uh, that's a defense fabs that I think at low ownership, even with a solid price tag, uh, uh, I, I might want to have a little bit of exposure to in tournaments. Right. Yeah. No question about that. That, that, uh, that Titans Ravens game though. Cool. That That's the fantasy bonanza of the weekend. You, know, yes. you mentioned the Titans defense. That one is going to be fun. That one is going to be a lot of fun uh, between Derrick Henry, JK Dobbins, who I, I admittedly have a man, a man crush on. He was my uh, preseason stash and cash, I guess, non-existent preseason stash and cash. Right. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Brown's hot right now. The Titans can't stop anybody. So that, that that's going to be a fun game to watch. I think that's going to be 
the most entertaining game from an offensive perspective of the weekend. Yeah, hard to disagree with that as we we move on to the Sunday slate. And remember, at DraftKings, you can play a Saturday-only slate. You can play a Sunday-only slate with the, the three games in Saturday, three games in Sunday, and then a full six-game slate to lead over the course of the weekend. So I'll certainly will be dabbling into all three of those, as well as some of the showdown slates available over at DraftKings. You can check that out. Uh, just head on over to DraftKings.com, or we'll include the link right here in the podcast description, uh, and you can sign up with a little bit of SI specials there as well. But that's, that's a fascinating matchup. And I still think, too, Fabs, that there's going to be some fresh elements in the minds of of a lot of people that watched that game last year that were all aboard the Lamar Jackson train uh, and saw it come to a crashing halt against Tennessee's defense. Uh, they are going to think about it and say, okay, Lamar got himself back on track. Ravens were the hottest team coming down the stretch in the NFL, got themselves back to where they needed to be. But are the Titans going to be that bugaboo? And to me, I just kind of see this matchup as saying, eh, maybe T- Derrick Henry and maybe the Titans offense keeps it close in a shootout, but Baltimore right now, I have no issues of them, especially whether it be running it or passing it on Tennessee's defense. They've been atrocious. They bl- Baltimore is playing well. They got hot at the right time. And Lamar got hot at the right time for fantasy managers because he, he was a candidate to be the bust of the season before the last month or so. And then he kind of became Lamar 2019 all over again. But there's not a lot of players to dislike in this game, right? Both quarterbacks, uh, both of the top running backs, both of the top wide receivers. Hollywood Brown's been really good. I remember earlier in the season, I was saying, boy, this guy's, you know, teetering on a waiver wire fodder. And he has been tremendous. I mean, double digit points uh, in four or five straight games. He had a big game against Cincinnati last week. And Tennessee's defense is just terrible. Uh, and, and and that's that's the big question mark going into the playoffs for the Titans. Uh, they've given up the second most points to wide receivers this year. Uh, they, they, they've been, they've been brutal. They, they really have. And uh, even going into uh, the final eight games of the year, I mean, Tennessee given up 12 touchdowns to wide receivers. They are getting gashed. I mean, Brandon cooks look great against this is, this is one of those scenarios. I like the Ravens this week. I think the Ravens are going to exact revenge on Tennessee because I just can't see Tennessee winning this game. If that defense does not step up, that defense is bad right now. So this is going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of play. You're going to see a lot of Hollywood Brown on DK. I think his price is pretty reasonable uh, this week based on the yeah, numbers that he's 5, been putting up lately. Bucks. Right. I mean, that's that that's a reasonable number. So and there's no other Ravens wide receivers I'm going to go out there uh, and roll the dice with, although the, the matchup is so good. Maybe if you want to go with Willie Sneed, depending on his health, or if you want to maybe throw in a, a Miles Boykin in there, uh, for one of those cheap options, which uh, they're not going to be a whole lot of great ones because we're condensed down to so few teams. But targeting that Titans defense in DFS and in your postseason fantasy leagues is, is probably a pretty good strategy. No doubt about it. And again, somebody like Miles Boykin comes in at $3,400, got a couple touchdowns over his last two weeks. Uh, Mark Andrews always going to be in play. And then certainly with Tennessee, uh, it's Derrick Henry season. You know that they're going to try and use him as often as possible. He comes in at 9,200. But again, my concern, Fabs, is that if Baltimore is scoring at will on Tennessee, how much can the Titans truly become reliant on the running game? If anything, and we've talked about this all season long in the video, that we do and the breakdowns over in our low ownership plays and values at si.com so many times 
because everybody wants to play Derrick Henry, you can get leverage on the field by going with a very good Tennessee Titans passing game in Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill and Corey Davis. If you want to throw Jonu Smith in the mix there as well. Like this is a very good stackable game. And whether you're going with Lamar, Hollywood and Andrews and wanting to run it back with one of the Titans pass catchers or just going the other way and taking Tennessee, knowing that they're going to likely have to throw a bunch in this game to keep up. uh, This is a very stackable game and a very fun fantasy game at that as well. Yeah. And I will say going back to the Derrick Henry point last four games, I mean, you look at, you look at his, uh, his carries, right? I mean, the guy, this is, this is, as you mentioned, it's certainly Derrick Henry season and the, the numbers here, 26 carries against Jacksonville, 24 against Detroit, even when they got their butts handed to him by the Packers, he still had 23 carries, 34 carries last week. This is, this is Derrick Henry's time to shine. And so even if, and I, I just don't, I don't think Baltimore is going to get ahead so much that they're going to have to abandon Derrick Henry. And t- Tennessee will never truly abandon Derrick Henry. Uh, it, it's just not going to happen. The only game that he's had fewer than 23 carries uh, since week nine was that game against the Browns where they absolutely were getting their asses handed to them in the first half. Everybody thought Tennessee was going to come out and win that game. That was the game where the Browns actually proved that they're not flukes. Yep. I think in the minds of a lot of folks. And in that contest, Henry only had uh, 15 totes. But every other game, at least 23, uh, dating back to to week 10. So he's going to get 20-plus touches. There's no question about that. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be plenty of points out there, not only for Derrick Henry, but for Ryan Tannehill, uh, A.J. Brown as well. Baltimore's defensive backfield has been a bit banged up at the end of the season. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. All right. You like crazy stats. Uh, Steve Renner uh, from, from our staff, uh, one of our DFS, uh, one of our DFS gurus over at sports yep. illustrated brought this up a handful of weeks ago. These are the updated stats for Derek Henry. And it goes in line with your point because the Titans are on the road. They're going to Baltimore. Derek Henry at home this year, five and three, uh, 20.6 average carries per game for 100.8 yards. Pretty good. good. Derek Henry on the road. Titans are six and two. He went from 806 yards to two, to 1,221 yards. It's a difference of about 415 yards. An average yards per attempt of 5.73. That's just under one more yard. He went from six touchdowns to 11 touchdowns on the road. An average 26 carries compared to 20. And 152.6 yards per game compared to just over 100. He's averaging 51, 52 more yards per game on the road than at home. So clearly what Tennessee has done and said, this is a guy that especially in road environments, we need to make sure that he gets the ball whenever possible. And he's delivered all season long. Is is he somebody too, Fabs? As I go a little micro for a second before we get back to these games, uh, with what he's done consistently, especially winning fantasy championships over the last several years, where where do you have him just off the cuff? Where, where would he go? Is it, is it Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry? Is it Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry? Like, where is he amongst 2021 top first-round picks? Where does he rank for you? I'm actually working on my rankings um, as we speak, and they'll be out on SI.com uh, at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, we have a bunch of other stuff going on right now with the playoffs. But at this point, I have Henry ranked as my RB4 so I have McCaffrey one, Dalvin Cook two, and then I have Kamara at three. But things can change. If Taysom Hill is not 
Uh, if Taysom Hill's the starter in New Orleans and Drew Brees is not, hmm, I don't know if Alvin Kamara stays in the top five. But he, he probably won't be uh, far out of the top five, even in a worst-case scenario. I think one thing you have to worry about, and I'm going to talk about this with Elliot Harrison tonight on uh, Fantasy Dirt. Uh, so if you're if you're out there in the Sirius XM world, the trend of 2,000-yard rushers in their following season, it's not great. No, not at all. It's not great. And I know, obviously, 2,000 yards, you're not doing that in back-to-back seasons. Okay? It's just not happening. But that's that's going to be something that we'll talk about on the show tonight. And I'll probably write up at some point during the uh, next few weeks here on SI.com. It's the, the workload, and I know he's still a young man, but the workload the last couple of seasons has been has been pretty significant, folks. It, it really has. But he, he's he's still going to be a top five pick uh, across the board in, in most leagues. He's been unbelievable. 2,000 plus yards. And uh, your boy... Uh, at one point, felt pretty good about his hundred to one MVP ticket, but then Aaron Rodgers just shoved it up the Bears, and uh, mm-hmm. he, I, I think he pretty much locked it in after that. And, and maybe even yeah. Josh Allen gets a few more votes than than Derrick yeah. Henry. So, and, and that's a, that's another guy too, Ben. And, we'll, and obviously, we have the entire offseason to talk about that. We we like to talk about touchdown regression, right? Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be interesting to see where he ranks. Absolutely, twenty twenty one, because there's no chance. He is going to produce 50 total touchdowns again. It's just not going to happen. No, quarter, quarterback ones very rarely repeat themselves as that top guy on the board. I, I think you have to go all the way back to Dante Culpepper in, mm-hmm. in what, 2002, 2003, where, and, and again, Rodgers wasn't even the, the quarterback one. It was Josh Allen, where I think you had a quarterback one repeat as that very same ranked quarterback the following year. It just just doesn't happen. We doesn't thought happen. it was a lock for Mahomes. Uh, it didn't happen a couple of years ago. He still had a terrific season. He was still quarterback four, likely going to be second in MVP voting, but a conversation, mm-hmm. uh, as Fab said, for another time. couple more games to fun. get into uh, for the Sunday slate of Super Wild Card Weekend. Another game not particularly as interesting or as fantasy relevant, but you have the Bears uh, backdooring themselves into the playoffs after Arizona couldn't handle their business against John Walford and the Rams. Mitch Trubisky and company head to New Orleans, uh, where they are now 10.5-point underdogs against the Saints, who will likely have Alvin Kamara back. We'll likely have Michael Thomas back. Uh, and Drew Brees, after dealing with some severe rib injuries, uh, is starting to get himself back on track as well. Uh, I, I, I look at this matchup, Fabs, and I say to myself, uh, I kind of like Allen Robinson at low ownership because he didn't see a lot of volume that a lot of people anticipated last week. Mm-hmm. He might be a, an opportunity to go back to a guy that burned some people last week. He's only 6600 bucks on DraftKings for someone that might lead uh, all wide receivers this week in targets, but uh, David Montgomery's been good, but I don't trust him against that Saints defense, and I think the Bears are going to have to throw a bunch to try and stay relevant in this game. Uh, but who are, are players either on the Bears or on the Saints that you like from, from a DraftKings perspective and players that you're likely to target this week? Also, well, we can start with the Bears, and I, I actually don't think Montgomery's a bad play because for the they entirety of for the entirety of the season. Yeah, the Saints were pretty tough on running backs. But over the last three weeks, they've given up the 10th most points to running backs. So they've they've declined in terms of their, uh, you know, how formidable they've been against runners. And David Montgomery 
if he doesn't get 20 touches in this game minimum, the Chicago Bears have no chance to win. Agreed. They have to hand the ball off to David Montgomery. They have to keep the Saints offense off the field. That's the only way they're going to win this game. It's the only way they're going to win this game. And you know, everyone's praising Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, uh, from a real football perspective, he's won games, right? So you give him credit. From a fantasy perspective, he still failed to score more than 19 points in four of his last six games. His last three games, he's had fewer than 14 points. And I get it. It's because Montgomery has been running the ball so successfully, but like still. So like Mitchell Trubisky, I, even at the, the lower price among the top quarterbacks there, I, I'm I'm not in uh, on Trubisky at all. Uh, Allen Robinson, as you mentioned, is somebody that because of the targets uh, will certainly be in the mix. I would also keep in mind, though, New Orleans. Th- this is an interesting stat. New Orleans has given up the 12th most points to wide receivers in New Orleans, in the Bayou. Hmm. So the matchup might not be as terrible as you think, right? If you break it down into home road, they, they haven't been as great for some strange reason uh, uh, on their home field. Maybe it's just the dome effect because like, I don't know about you, but anytime I see a game in a dome, I think automatically high scoring game. I don't know why it just is what it is, but on the, on the Saints side, assuming we get Kamara back, Right. And he's he's the second most expensive running back on DraftKings. I want to know and I hope to find out what the effects of COVID have had on him. Because we've heard Lamar Jackson come out and say, hey, man, this thing kicked my butt. Yeah. I came back. I, I'm not sure. Right. And I hopefully we'll get some of that. And I'm sure it's going to be all positive. But Kamara, Michael Thomas isn't. I wonder if Michael Thomas will be with the Saints next season. That's a, a, a conversation for a different time. But. Thomas is likely a top five play this week among wide receivers, even though he's been the biggest bust in fantasy football and Jared cook. And I know Jared cooks, not the sexiest name in the world. I get it. Uh, you know, Curry Parson likes to call him Bigfoot for, <laughs> for some reason or another, because like people tell, tell you that he's out there, but you can never find him. Well, <laughs> cooks actually been pretty good lately. He's given you 11 plus points in four of his last five games. He had over 14 points last week in touchdown against the Panthers and the bears have given up 12 touchdowns and the second most points at tight ends. So Jared cook, I mean, even though he's on the higher end of the price scale, because there's not a lot of good tight ends in the national football league at this point uh, and in the playoffs, uh, he is, uh, he is somebody that will be a more reasonable option than, you know, for example, a Kelsey when he's back next week or, or Logan Thomas, who can give you some pretty good numbers based on the matchup. Yeah. The thing about cook is that you're, you're going for the touchdown, right? You know, uh, right. four right. receptions, 43 yards in the touchdown against Carolina last week. He's basically mm-hmm. seeing, uh, he, he hasn't seen more or less than five targets in the last five weeks. Uh, no more than 82 yards in that game against the Vikings, but it was averaging 27.3 yards per reception. So that's not pretty sustainable for, no, for Jared Cook. not at all. Let me give you one other name that I think could blow up in this game against I, the Bears. I know, I know who it's going to be, I, but, but go ahead. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders is 5K. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, that Buster Screen was a good corner in the slot <laughs> because he's been roasted throughout the season after having a pretty solid year a year ago, but he's nowhere near 100%. He may not even play. Manny Sanders saw 13 targets from Drew Brees last week, caught nine balls for 63 yards and a touchdown. Like, Kyle Fuller, assuming that Michael Thomas is lined up on his side for most of the game, uh, is a really good corner. Uh, Bears are dealing with Jalen Johnson, who might be out as well. Uh, There's clearly a connection right now with Brees and Manny Sanders. 
And so it would not surprise me if Sanders goes and has a couple touchdowns, maybe sees upwards of, of 12 targets in this game, catch seven, eight balls at a very reasonable salary where he has a chance to go off in an area that the Bears defense has struggled this year. Is that somebody that you think might go a little bit under the radar uh, in this type of matchup? Well, no, he definitely will go under the radar because Michael Thomas is back. And typically in, in fantasy this season, when Michael Thomas has been active for the Saints, I haven't been all in on Emmanuel Sanders. It's only been when Thomas has been out and the targets are available where I've been in on Sanders as a as a flex starter or maybe a wide receiver too at the most. I will tell you this. The Bears have actually been pretty tough on home wide receivers this year. Uh, they've given up, looks like, the ninth fewest points to the position. But I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And I could absolutely see Emmanuel Sanders putting up pretty good numbers. I mean, two touchdowns. Now, if he comes out and has two touchdowns, I'll tell you on social media that Benny Heisler is the man. He's the he's the uh, the sage of sage, the prognosticator of prognosticators. <laughs> That's all it's going to take. His is Manny Sanders and two touchdowns. Two. <laughs> I don't know if he's going for two, but in the offense and based on the price that you're going to get him for, and you mentioned he's uh, five thousand dollars on DK. I mean, he, he's certainly worth a look uh, as a not not a cheap option, but a reasonable option. All right, last one on the slate. You got the rematch from Week 17, the Browns and the Steelers. And right now, mm-hmm. Cleveland dealing with a whole sort of mess when it comes to COVID-19. They yeah. likely won't have... In fact, has Kevin Stefanski been officially ruled out for this game? The last I heard, I mean, unless they put him in a hazmat suit. <laughs> right? He could be like Marty McFly in Back to the Future when he crashed into... Uh, what was the guy's name? The barn. Oh God, I don't. I I, I know the remember, reference, and, and I'm losing it too. But wait, I know my pines. You remember that? <laughs> but I I mean, didn't they have a college coach like call games from the hospital at one point this year? Like, could could they put Kevin Stefanski in a in an undisclosed location and put a headset on, and he can still call plays? Because that's that's a nice advantage that Cleveland could have. But now that he's no longer going to be there, and the special teams coach is likely going to be on the sidelines, I I do. Think think that makes a substantial difference here and Pittsburgh played Cleveland tough with a bunch of bums with Mason Rudolph starting at corner or at quarterback so I, I'm very intrigued by this game uh, last couple of weeks Nick Chubb should have been in smash spots and, and really didn't deliver uh, he had that great run in the first quarter of that game didn't do much out, uh, much else after that uh, tell me from a fantasy perspective on DraftKings who you might be looking at when it comes to the final hammer game of the Sunday slate between Cleveland and Pittsburgh by the way, it was the Peabody's. They're That's the right. That good good pull by the, you. All the pines, right? Uh, <laughs> good pull. In, in, in Hill Valley, I guess. Uh, there's not a lot to like for Cleveland. There, There isn't. Outside of Nick Chubb and, you know, Jarvis Landry should get some targets. Austin Hooper's actually quietly been really good the last month of the season. And he's had two games against Pittsburgh with double-digit points, including last week. Baker Mayfield is a complete fade for me. He scored just 16 points last week. And as you mentioned, the Steelers were kind of playing their JV, their JV squad. And in two games this year, Baker's combined points, uh, they're not very good. So Baker without Stefanski, uh, assuming no hazmat suit, is, is going to be a fade. On the Pittsburgh side, I like Roethlisberger. He's averaged around 20 points in his last 24 games at Heinz Field. The Browns have given up 24-plus fantasy points to quarterback six times this year. Roethlisberger, before being rested last week, played extremely well in the second half against Indianapolis in that come-from-behind game. 
So Big Ben's on my radar, and he's not terribly expensive either. I believe he's at uh, $6,100 uh, in that ballpark. He's very reasonable. On DK. And you also have to like Deontay Johnson. Now, this is an interesting stat. No team in the National Football League has given up more fantasy points to home wide receivers than the Cleveland Browns. They're awful against wide receivers on the road. And when you consider that Deontay Johnson averaged nearly 15 points per game, when you consider that Deontay Johnson was top 10 among wide receivers in targets because Big Ben loves him, he's got tunnel vision for him. Deontay Johnson, at his price, I mean, I'm not saying that he's cheap because he's DJ, but I feel like it's a reasonable price and the matchup is very good, very good for Deontay Johnson. Uh, in terms of the Steelers' ground game, no thank you. I, I, James Conner, I mean, he's going to be a free agent next season. Who knows where he's going to end up? But I, I can't trust that ground game. More often than not, in the second half of the season, you were not able to lean on any of those Steelers running backs, none of them. Yeah, big disappointment for James Conner. That was a guy that I was all in on this year as having a contract year, having an opportunity. Mike Tomlin talked him up as being that bell cow running back for them, and it just did not work out. The injuries continue to pile up, and yeah, they continue to just more heavily rely on a more efficient passing game, at least for the first 11 mm-hmm. weeks of the season. To bring up to your point about wide receivers for uh, Pittsburgh in this matchup, I-, I think Ben Roethlisberger with either some combination of Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith Schuster, even Chase Claypool makes a lot of sense. The Browns gave up an average of 40.7 DraftKings points per game. That was eighth most in the NFL. And don't forget about Eric Ebron as well. Cleveland gave up 15.4 DraftKings points per game. That was fourth highest in the NFL mm-hmm. behind the Jets, the Bears, in Jacksonville this year. So I, I think if you're talking about a stackable option in this game, Big Ben with a with a pass catcher or two, I, I think there's some really intriguing plays. And again, from an ownership perspective, I think it's going to be lower because people are going to want to play Lamar Jackson. They're going to want to play Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers from a stacking perspective might be one of the best values on the slate for DraftKings this week. Big Ben and DJ. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you can get it to Juju too. So Plenty. So... If you are going to be playing on DraftKings, make sure you guys check out all the different contests they have. If you want to beat Fabs, where can they go for that contest? Beatfabs.com. Very easy. Submit your email, uh, sign up, sign in, submit a lineup, and watch what happens. It's a lot of fun. I set my lineup last week, and Ben, I mean, it's tough, man. I'll give you a little bit of strategy for it. The kicker in defense, I know they never get any respect. I respect kickers. I'm all in on kickers. But That's nice of you. If you if you think if you think that, for example, Washington's got no shot to advance, maybe you want to play their defense. Because if you lose a defense, it's not that impactful. If you think the Bears are going to get boat raced by the Saints, but Cairo Santos can maybe give you 10 to 12 points, and then you lose them, it's a kicker. I mean, you'd rather have your offensive skill positions uh, move on and the the decision to start either Mahomes, Tyreek, or Kelsey among Chiefs is fascinating. I mean, which way do you go? They're all three great options. I'm not going to tell you what I did because I'm not going to give you uh, you know the whole lineup. I'm not giving away the secrets. But that that right there, you may think, oh, Mahomes is. I mean, you know, without question, you got to play him. Travis Kelsey's better than every tight end in the league, and he's better than every tight end in the playoffs by a mile. You know, him and Gronk are the same age. Same age, Unreal. and Kelsey just set the all-time 
tight end receiving yards record. It's it's yeah. flat out insane. And, so and, play- and Kelsey and Kelsey had the 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 second most last year behind Kittle. Yes, he did. Barely, barely. So and Kittle had that two hundred yard game. Yeah, Kittle's 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 number two. But after this season, I, there's a little more distance between Kelsey and Kittle uh, as it pertains to uh, 2021 rankings. Right. And don't forget about Darren Waller continuing to ball the out baller. for the second consecutive season. There's some top three tight ends on the board I, I think could be gone by maybe rounds three, possibly even rounds four next year in fantasy draft. Again, we got all offseason to have these conversations, so make sure you guys stick with us on the SI Fantasy Podcast. Give Fabs a follow on Twitter as well, at Michael underscore Fabiano. You can follow me at Benny Heiss, and be on the lookout, especially if you're playing on DraftKings this weekend. Fabs and I will have our weekly low ownership plays and values article. That'll be coming out on Sports Illustrated on Friday. Check out the video as well for that as well. So for Fabs, I'm Benny Heiss. Thank you guys for listening. It's the SI Fantasy Podcast presented by DraftKings. Good luck this weekend.